Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1 with All Care Pharmacy. Discover a healthcare team that's always here for you at All Care Pharmacy, Ireland's largest community pharmacy network. Email todaycb at rte.ie. Now, a little later on the programme, we're going to be talking about the words that we use in the English language that we may not realise come from Irish. Words like phony. And I think we mentioned earlier on the word mentor. And a texter has been on to us to say the word mentor does not come from Irish, but from Homer's Odyssey. So we'll explore that one with Cathy Scuffle, because I don't think she's going to debate with you. I think that she knows that there's a little bit of ambiguity around mentor, but we'll talk all about it a little bit later on in the programme. And if you have any more suggestions on that front, Now, though, in Scotland, the race for the leader of the SNP continues in the party's first contested leadership election in nearly 20 years after Nicola Sturgeon caused shock last month by announcing that she was going to quit. Members of the party start voting for their leader today. The winner will be announced on Monday, the 27th of March. The first televised debate last week was described as explosive and it saw some fierce exchanges between the two main contenders, Humza Yousaf and Kate Forbes. So who is likely to replace Nicola Sturgeon when those polls close in just two weeks' time? Let's take a closer look at this. I'm joined on the line by Rachel Watson, political editor with The Scottish Sun, and also John Curtis, who's Professor of Politics at Strathclyde University. You're both very welcome to the programme this morning. So Rachel, just take us through who the front runners are. I mentioned two of them, but there are three. So there are three candidates, there are two frontrunners. So Hamza Youssef is the current health secretary and is seen as being the one that's just kind of stand out at the moment. Um, But he is neck and neck with Kate Forbes, the finance secretary. She's been on maternity leave. And if you look at the polls, um, which I'm sure uh, Sir John can talk more to, uh, they've been neck and neck with party membership, but the public seem to have more of a backing for Kate Forbes. The third candidate is Ash Reagan. She's a former government minister. She stepped down over her concerns about gender reforms in Scotland. Um, and she's not really picking up very much traction. She was always going to be the kind of outside candidate. Uh, as much as the public don't really have much recognition of any of the three of them, she is probably the least recognisable. She hasn't had a big cabinet job before. And she's not done particularly well in reaching out across the party. Uh, some of her views around how to get to independence, for example, are a little bit more extreme than the senior people within the SNP would be happy with. She's spoken a bit about Alex Salmond, who, again, a lot of people in the party are uncomfortable um, around talking of whether he could get back into the party and also her position on gender reform as well. So I think while she is in the competition, she is very much, the, the, the outlier, she's way behind uh, the other two at the moment. So the focus is on Hamza Youssef and Kate Forbes and I mentioned yeah. that the first debate, which was on the BBC I think last Monday, wasn't it, this day last week, was explosive. Tell us a little bit more about why. Yeah, so the SNP have been very well known, although some of us have written about divisions within the party, they're very well, very well known, particularly in Hollywood, for being very collegiate, a very tight party, very well disciplined. Uh, and that has all gone out the window. It, it was kind of, at the start of the competition, there was already briefings against each other. But last Tuesday, as you say, the first debate, um, and Kate Forbes just really went for Hamza Youssef. And it was, um, you know, we expected it to be a little bit fiery. It's the first leadership contest in nearly 20 years for the party. But she really went for Hamza Youssef and really trashed not only his 
record, but also the government she is part of record as well, um, which has set a bit of a tone for the rest of the week. We went into other debates where Hamza Youssef was taking back, taking pops back at Kate Forbes. Um, there's been some questions around her um, views on same-sex marriage, for example. So it really did set this quite fiery tone that people didn't really expect from the SNP because they are, or all, or all have been in the government. Uh, Nicola Sturgeon is seen as a very uniting figure, or had been previously, um, and it looks like you know nobody is really scared to have a go at that record or raise concerns. Even Hamza Youssef has been, you know, talking about how changes needed in the party, and he's raised a few issues around pausing some policy ideas that Nicola Sturgeon has brought forward. Um, he made some quite pointed comments at the weekend about Nicola Sturgeon and her. Um, how she governs with an inner circle rather than reaching out across the party. Um, so that debate really set this tone to really just, um, you know, start having a bit of a pop at everyone. Interesting, isn't it? So Kate Forbes' jaws dropped when she went for her opponent in the way that she did. But that seems to have, given what you've said there, opened the floodgates now. Yeah, and I think there is some calls in the party and Hamza Youssef and Kate Forbes herself, they've said, you know, they don't want to continue with personal attacks. But at the same time as they say that, they're making quite pointed comments about each other. I think it was the shock from Kate, not only that she she went there, but also the language she used. You know, she went through each individual cabinet job that Hamza Youssef has had, health, transport, justice, um, and just tried to, you know, really have a go at his record. And she made quite a pop at the end. She was asked, would you have Hamza Youssef in your cabinet and she said well yeah but maybe not in health Oof. which is the job he's in at the moment right and you know it's not doing particularly well on given long waiting times delays etc and how did he do in response to that in the moment he didn't handle it as well as as you might have expected from someone who is as experienced he didn't you know i think kate forbes definitely got the best of that first debate just because she was being so sharp with her comments and she handled the criticism back at her quite well mm-hmm. whereas Hamza Youssef seemed almost shocked actually um, you know he's a politician so he can handle them in some way but then when we came back to the next debate on Channel 4 he was kind of prepped and ready and I would say he was more of a standout then Okay we'll, we'll talk about her socially conservative views Kate Forbes socially conservative views in a moment but I want to bring John in because as you rightly said Rachel John is the expert when it comes to polling Good morning John Good morning to you, Claire. So over the weekend, we had a poll in The Scotsman and there was good news in there for Kate Forbes, wasn't there? Because she polled well across all of the public policy areas like healthcare, education and crime. Yes, uh, she did. And, you know, one of the reasons why Kate Forbes uh, went for uh, Hamza Yusuf in the way that Rachel's been talking about is that it was pretty clear from the beginning that one of the relative weak points for Hamza Yusuf uh, were question marks about his confidence. And he has just simply had the misfortune to have been the health secretary at a time when in the post-pandemic environment, the health, sec- the, uh, health services across the whole of the United Kingdom um, uh, have been struggling. Um, but the truth is, uh, I mean, the polling, in a sense, both illustrates Kate Forbes' strengths, but also her weakness. Kate Forbes' strength is that, you know, frankly, if this were an election in which everybody in Scotland could vote, it seems pretty clear that Miss Forbes would win. On average, uh, four polls all done in the last week or so, a couple of them since that debate you've been talking about. Um, Forbes, 30 percent. Yusuf, 20 percent. Uh, Reagan, uh, 10% amongst the public in general, although you'll know a lot of people 
don't express a preference, not least, of course, because a lot of them are not uh, SNP supporters and prefer not to have any of them as their, uh, as their first minister. But once you start looking at the views of those people who say they would vote SNP at the moment or are, uh, have voted for the SNP in the recent past, then basically these same polls suggest that the two candidates are neck and neck. And meanwhile, we've had one poll, though it is only one poll. It was only 500 people. It is now about a fortnight old, and around 30 people didn't express the view. But that did have Humza Yusuf narrowly uh, ahead. So it may well be that, you know, much the same way as Rishi Sunak in the Tory leadership uh, contest across the UK last summer was clearly the candidate who would have won if the general public had been asked to choose between him and Liz Truss. Uh, however, it was Liz Truss who was more popular amongst the public, um, amongst the you know, Tory membership. And the question facing Kate Forbes is whether or not she is at risk of suffering the same fate amongst SNP members. But the honest truth is we don't know what the outcome of this contest is going to be. Uh, it is very close, uh, seemingly, uh, with a lot of people, at least only as recently as a few days ago, uh, still uh, having to make their minds up. Just uh, Kate Forbes, uh, interesting when she emerged first as a candidate, John, because she has very socially conservative views. What's yeah. your, your own take on how she has managed reaction to her candidacy, the response to those views? Has she weathered that storm? Well, she's certainly still alive and kicking, given the polling data I've, 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 I've quoted to you. Though, I mean, if you look at some of the innards of some of the polling, I think you can argue that particularly when people, rather than just being asked, you know, which of the candidates they preferred, they were asked to evaluate each candidate individually, then I think certainly for the, those questions, one could argue that Mr. Yusuf has had the better of the campaign in terms of making progress, although equally, as he himself has acknowledged, those kinds of readings also kind of indicated that he was starting from behind so far as uh, certainly the general public or indeed SNP voters uh, uh, were concerned. What she's tried to do, and you saw that in the Channel 4 debate, is to say, well, look, you know, I've said now quite clearly, I, I accept this is the law on, on, on gay marriage, etc., um, etc., are you, uh, Mr. Yusuf, questioning the honesty of uh, what I say? And essentially, therefore, try to turn it around and to suggest that Mr. Yusuf, in a sense, is constantly alluding to her more socially conservative views, uh, but not acknowledging that she has said, you know, I accept that this is now where, where, where the public is at. It's, in a sense, he's also, well, he's trying to... Uh, uh, intimate that uh, she is now taking a stance that's somewhat different from the one she claims to be taking. So, you know, uh, I mean, it, in a sense, we, we knew that Kate Forbes was so- socially conservative. That's long been known. Of course, it was, from her point of view, made much more difficult because this election has taken place in the wake of the row about gender recognition, where actually, um, although, again, it's the views that divide social liberals and social conservatives, it also divides social liberals, and where actually Kate Forbes' views are certainly known to be closer to those of the wider public and those of uh, the SNP voters, though we don't know where SNP members stand on that subject. All right. Rachel, what's your take on that, on her social, so, social conservatism? How is that playing for her in this leadership contest? I think obviously um, there was a huge reaction as soon as those comments were made. I mean, Kate Forbes announced she was standing and then just hours later gave these interviews where she admitted that she wouldn't have backed 
um, the legislation to allow same-sex marriage in 2014 had she been an MSP. Um, I think not only those comments, but the way that she delivered them and the way she handled them initially um, went down really quite poorly, um, particularly within the SNP membership. And if you look at some of the comments that people have made, I mean, Hamza Youssef is very keen to flag up the fact that he's heard from, he says, hundreds of people within the party who've emailed him. And some have said that they're not sure that they could remain members if she were to be the SNP leader. Now, I think she has managed to weather that storm in a sense because, you know, when those comments were first made and the backlash and the huge kind of noise around it, it was actually almost impossible to see how Kate Forbes could carry on, how she could make her campaign last the full six-week period. You know, could she actually come back or would she just say, you know what, actually, yeah, I, I will put my hands up, I've, you know not handled this well at all and I'm not going to run. And that was a big suggestion at the time. Um, there were people in her campaign who were dropping out. There were MSPs who were saying that they wanted to support her, but they could no longer do that. So I think it definitely has. She has managed to to move on from that somewhat. Um, and she wants to talk about independence and policy and the economy and business, areas where she, she is strong. But when it comes down to actually voting, uh, and how many people are going to back her, it will be very interesting to see those numbers when they come through on March 27th because, you know, this, there was a loud noise around it at the time. Yeah. That is not as loud now, but I do think the fact that those comments have been made um, will impact her. And John, how big a role is Scottish independence in this leadership race? I know Hamza Yousaf said on the Sunday show yesterday in Scotland that he will consider a snap uh, election as part of the strategy to secure independence. How do you think that will land with voters, given that you've you've been closely looking at these polls? How important is it to SNP voters now, given that l- lengthy period they spent with Nicola Sturgeon? She couldn't get there. Is it a factor for them for the next candidate? Well, look, it won't surprise you to hear that, you know, that the, the opinion polls indicate that for SNP voters... The question of independence matters quite a lot. It's still not quite as important for them as the cost of living crisis or, or, or the health service and the position of that. But it matters much more to them than it does uh, to uh, you know those who are opposed to independence in Scotland. And we can probably anticipate that it matters more for SNP members. But here, as it were, we get to a rather curious aspect of uh, the debate so far, which in a sense was encapsulated by the fact that Humza Yusuf yesterday yet again decided to focus on the question of process, i.e. how you might be able to get into a situation where you can register the fact that a majority of people in Scotland, maybe at some point in the future, are in favour of independence. That's certainly not something that's the case uh, at the moment. But, of course, the fundamental question that will be facing the next SNP leader is how they are going to persuade a majority of people in Scotland that they should be in favour of independence. And we've heard very, very little from any of the candidates about what are the arguments that they think should be used in order to persuade uh, voters across Scotland, including voters who are not currently in favour of independence, uh, that they should now be in favour. In a sense, this is the enormous lacuna in this debate. The biggest problem facing the SNP is that at the moment, at least, they don't have a secure majority in favour of independence. So whatever ballot we might eventually ha- have under whatever kind of process, uh, at the moment, it looks as though they wouldn't win. Yet the answer to that question, how they would manage to advance their party's cause, 
it's the one thing that seemingly has been lacking in the debate uh, during this leadership contest so far. So Rachel, what happens now? We know that uh, the members have started voting at this stage and as I said, the 27th of March is when we'll find out who wins. But what happens between now and then in terms of those big set-piece debates? Yeah, so there's another two debates this week. So we have Sky tonight and then there's the BBC debate tomorrow. Um, And those are the last two big television debates. The party's internal hustings ended yesterday. Um, So it will really be about those candidates. Maybe they're happy that the TV debates will finish tomorrow because they won't all three of them kind of be under that huge pressure. Um, And, you know, when you have those, it's actually, as you saw with last Tuesday, that's when the the unknown can happen. You know, the the thing that none of us thought might happen um, with one government minister going after another one. So I think the next two weeks, the candidates will want to be getting out there. I'd assume that they will spend more time with activists trying to get out to the membership and making it all about them. Um, And I think that's what we will see. And it will be, I mean, Kate Forbes and Hamza Youssef are definitely going to be the two to watch in this, how they play the final two weeks of their um, campaigns out. But also how Ash Reagan plays and how the two frontrunners deal with Ash Reagan, uh, particularly in the final two debates as well, because the voting system used in this um, second preferences might be very important when we come to finding out who the winner is. Um, so Ash Reagan and her backers and who they choose as their second preference could be very important. So I think watching the mechanics of that and how the candidates all try um, to work and use the potential for a kind of kingmaker situation over the next two weeks will be really important. We know Nicola Sturgeon is not going to say who she's backing, although it might be fairly obvious to anyone who's kind of watching the direction of traffic at the moment. Um, But her deputy, uh, First Minister John Swinney, came out at the weekend and backed Hamza Youssef. And we also had the SNP's Westminster leader, Stephen Flynn, backing Hamza Youssef. Two huge political statements in there themselves. Um, And it'll be interesting over the next two weeks to see if we have any other you know, there's not that many big figures left who haven't declared, but to see where the rest of the MSPs and MPs go. Mm-hmm. And do you agree with that, John, on the second preference, the importance of second preferences yeah. in this? Because it's so tight, according to those polls you told us about. Yeah, I mean, if, if uh, one candidate doesn't get 50% of the vote, then we will redistribute the second preferences of uh, Ash Reagan's supporters. We've got very little evidence on this. One of the polls of the general public at the weekend did ask the subject, and but amongst SNP voters, it wasn't entirely clear. There was some suggestion that maybe they, they would be more likely to switch to Ms. Forbes than to Mr. Yusuf, but uh, I don't think the evidence was decisive and the, and the sample was small. I think one thing we can say is this, is that what this leadership contest has done is to expose quite a big gap between the views and preferences of most elected SNP politicians about who should be uh, their next leader and the views of SNP voters. have already said SNP voters are evenly divided in their preferences for the two candidates. In contrast, the vast bulk of elected politicians have come out in favour of Humza Yusuf. And whatever ends up being the result, uh, even if Mr Yusuf does end up winning, perhaps there's a message there for uh, SNP's elected politicians, both in Edinburgh and in London, that they should be contemplating, that maybe they're not entirely as in tune uh, with the views of those who vote for the party as perhaps they think. Well, we'll be watching 
closely to see what the outcome is. Professor John Curtis and Rachel Watson, political editor with the Scottish Sun. Thank you both for joining us. Now, it's around now, isn't it, that many students across the country are being asked to decide on their leaving cert subjects. Many won't have given it much thought before now. Some will, of course, but there are lots of questions for the uninitiated. Do you have to pick a science subject? Should you do a language? Is it good to do an extra subject outside of school? And should you tailor your subjects to suit your third level aims or go with your strongest subjects. We're going to be addressing all of those issues and your questions too on tomorrow's show with career guidance expert Donica O'Mahony. You can get in touch today or any time before the programme tomorrow with any of your questions on all of that. Email us todaycb at rte.ie and we'll put those points to Donica when he's here with us tomorrow. Now let's take a break. Back after this. Text 51551 Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1.